Knockaround high quality shades go the extra mile. They are affordable, stylish sunglasses that are perfect for running, especially the limited edition custom pairs Dimity and I created. Hers are pink, mine are purple. To check them out and buy, go to knockaround.com slash AMR. Slip on comfort. Rothy's comfortable, washable, and sustainable shoes and bags make getting dressed easy. Check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash AMR. I appreciate Calm, the number one mental wellness app, for many reasons, including its support of our show. Go to calm.com slash AMR for a limited time. Get 40% off your Calm premium subscription with hundreds of hours of programming, unlimited access to Calm's entire library, and new content added every week. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Good. You have been a busy, busy mama these last few days. I have. I have. It's like all of a sudden we went from, well, we kind of went, we got on the highway, right? When kind of the vaccination started and school went back to five days a week. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, we're really, 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 really late. And we're going to go 150 miles an hour. <laughs> To something, right? <laughs> to arrive at complete pandemonium, chaos, mayhem, mayhem. That's what mayhem, we call it. mayhem. Yes, this exit, yes. mayhem. Yes, yes. So yeah. So this past weekend was um, two graduations, two high school graduations. My daughter Amelia, and then my nephew Hayden. Um, and then we had two proms on Saturday night. We had Amelia's uh, senior prom, so I'm glad that she got to go to one uh, that the parents put on at her high school. So that that was they kind of did it after the graduation so that there were no like repercussions or anything from you know being associated with the school which was right but, good. but it was off campus yes it was off campus yeah it was at a um it was really cool it was at uh the centennial airport hangar which is like a tiny oh. you know like little where the little private mm-hmm. engines come and go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so open space you know they had the mm-hmm. doors open and the dance floor outside and stuff Fun. And then, um, and then Ben, um, you know, got somehow weaseled into kind of like, did you're, you get you're, fr- you're freshman in high school. My freshman. Yes. I was like, did you get invited or did you just kind of weasel your way in, which he's very <laughs> capable of doing. He has those skills. Um, and, uh, he was invited. He just went, you know, the lots of groups go to prom now, oh, which yeah. I think is really nice, you know, mm-hmm. um, not so much like one-on-one pressure of dates. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so this theater group that he got to, uh, know well this this fall or this spring um mm-hmm. was going and there were a lot of seniors there so they invited him to come and but he didn't tell me um so that was saturday <laughs> night he told me that he's going on wednesday night um and like the nicest thing he owned was a pair of like old navy shorts and a short sleeve button down from old navy you know that barely fit him anyway <laughs> that he wore to his sister's graduation on friday because i saw the photo <laughs> exactly yes he did wear those that was a, that was a fine outfit for graduation not okay for prom especially when you're going with like seniors who've been coordinating you know Lots of coordination for prom. Lots of, you know, if they're, they do have dates, I have a pink dress. He wears a pink tie. The, the flowers match, all that stuff. Yep. So um, that, of course, sent me into a frenzy trying to find – he is very – I mean, he, the kid has uh, definitely hit his um, high point of puberty. He's growing very fast. And uh, so, I mean, I think he has a 36-inch inseam. I think it could be – I don't think it's longer than that yet. But anyway, they don't make 36-inch inseams off the rack. Like for, Really? Not for, uh, they make them in big and tall. So this, I had the guy explain it to me at Macy's. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you are a bigger framed person, but like not someone who is, you know, eating 4,000 calories a day and losing weight (laughs) because he's growing so fast, (laughs) which would be bad right now. Um, so anyway, so long story short, I had to go, I found a a tie for him. I found, uh, pants for him at Macy's. Um, wait, 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 you didn't have to get like, he, he can wear a normal tie right you yeah yeah okay, we okay. yeah yeah we um i mean yeah you could go in a suit you could go in a suit you didn't have to have a tuxedo okay okay no but yeah. also the way you said it i was suddenly thinking maybe he needed like an extra long tie or something oh no 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 he just doesn't okay. even own a tie i mean we just oh, don't ever yeah. go to formal things you know yes, it yes. just has not come into our lives so <laughs> 
I mean, he does own one tie, but anyway, what long, whatever. Um, and then he tried, then he wore Grant's, he had on Grant's suit, like a navy blue suit coat from, mm-hmm. you know, 2001 probably because, you know, like everything's casual, right? No one owns nice clothes anymore. <laughs> and like the shoulders are, you know, so popped out, so shoulder patty, even though they don't have shoulder pads. They're just <laughs> built up, right? Like Jim Carrey in the mask. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So uh, so he, he t- we took some pictures with he and I took and, and Grant took some pictures in the backyard and he was like, I think I just want to wear the, I don't think I want to wear the coat. And I was like, I don't think you need to wear the coat. You look nice enough without mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. anyway, so that was Saturday night. Um, my parents came into town on, for the whole thing, which was great. And I guess I should preface this by saying so great. I mean, overall, right? Like, you know, yes, we are going 150 miles an hour, but you know, both graduations were outside. Nobody was wearing them. People were wearing masks, but they that was a choice that they made. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to see the graduates' whole faces, to see my family's faces, to be able to cheer loudly and not have it be, you know, um, inter- interfered by a mask. I mean, all that was just, and the weather was great. And so, and prom, similar, you know, it was just, overall, it was a great celebratory weekend. It was just like, we got to the end of it. And uh, Grant was like, I feel like I was just married again. Like it felt like a <laughs> wedding weekend, you know, cause you're just going, going, going on, on, on. And it was, we weren't even the guests of honor, right? I can't imagine how the kids felt, right? Oh, they were amped up. They were yeah. you know, going hard. So totally, totally. So, um, but overall it was great. It was great. So just kind of, I just feel a tiny bit hungover right now, even though I'm, you know, have had very little alcohol, uh, a lot of sugar, very little alcohol over the past couple of days, but just, you know, just the going, going, going and, and coming out of social isolation too, you know, and yeah. being, being very social all of a sudden, which again, it feels good, especially with people you haven't seen for a while. And you're like, oh gosh, I, I realized that I, you know, I really missed her energy or being around mm-hmm. her or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. is still, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's an adjustment. It's a transition. Yeah. And you definitely jumped into the deep end of it. Yes. Yes, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But, but congratulations to, uh, to all the graduates out there. I mean, I did one post on Instagram and I know I'm not the only one going through this and there has been talk. And I think Sarah, we might have to do this just a special episode of how to <laughs> grown and flown, how to release your, your teenager, right? You did it last year um, during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, um, not release them, but you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> help make make a, a healthy transition for yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Although as Molly is quick to remind, they come back. Uh, <laughs> she had, you know, Molly, my, my best running friend and occasional co-host, she has three daughters. The um, maybe they range in age from like 25 to 20. I could be a little off on that, but I think that's right. And, you know, now two of the three are back home again. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know when you ever, if you ever really cross a finish line on them being out of the house and, and, you know, Phoebe, my older daughter, who's 19, she moved out on February 1st. She's moving back in on November 1st. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And because her lease will be up and then she is planning to, um, she'll be, she's finishing up her freshman year of college and then she's going to transfer after her sophomore year. And so she wants to move back home, save up some money. And then um, she and her boyfriend, the plan is if it all works out is to move to Vancouver, BC and for Phoebe to spend her final two years of college at UBC. University oh, wow. British Columbia. Yes. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So, um, and she has really good grades in college. She has a perfect, you know, 4.0 in, in college. So I guess they um, look upon that as your, you know, when you transfer. So anyway. Good, good. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Well, yes, yeah. they do come back. I know they'll come back, but it is, I mean, hearing pomp and circumstance and watching them all, you know, come in in their black robes. I mean, that is an emotional moment, right? Mm-hmm. And not so much like, oh, look at how she's done it. It's just, you know, it's, it's the ceremony of it all, uh-huh. right? And uh-huh. it's just very, uh, it was very touching. It was really nice. I just also realized this very second that because my 15-year-old twins go to two different high schools that I will be going to two different graduations and please let them not be at the same time. Sure. Like, instead of being like, what, you know, Daphne Carney, John Carney, it'll be two separate ceremonies. So anyway, I have that to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they, well, hopefully they won't. And the, the, I'll give one quick update. The transition we're working on now is John and Daphne, again, my 15 year old twins got their 
permits, driver permits on April 1st. And John is just in a, he just, mom, can we go driving? Mom, can we go driving? And gosh, he is a good driver. And so, um, cause 19 year old Phoebe has never transitioned out of driving in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, John is now three nights in a row. We've gone out on, on roads on, you know, neighborhood streets. And so it's uh fun and exciting. And, um, it, I don't know. It's just that last night we went out and, uh, he was like my, it was like a dog and pony show. We were, um, we went over to Phoebe's boyfriend's house and called her up. I'm like, come out, come out, come out. So that she could you know, see him pull up in front of the house behind the driver's seat. We ran into Molly's older daughter who was walking her dog. And then we drive past Molly's house. And it's just like, Hey, everybody, look at my driver. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> It was awesome. It's fun. It's a little nerve wracking. Ben got his permit as well. And you're kind of like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, but it's, it is, it's good to, good to let them spread their rings. Right. Yeah. Well, then it was so funny because the first time that we went on streets, when I came in a neighborhood, um, came back and I just kept feeling like I was having this, like, don't get too close to this side, you know, hug the you know curb when you turn right, this whole thing. And I was on a computer and, and I was like, no, you don't have to feel cautious about clicking on that tab. Like you're not behind the wheel of a car. I just don't know. I just I felt so cautious and, and kind of racked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was hard to let go of the feeling when I wasn't in the passenger seat at all. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a, such a different, um, perspective right i mean that's the thing is you're like oh you're so close over here because you're used to sitting on the driver's side right right? and you're like oh you're actually not that close but you don't feel i mean i I rarely sit on the passenger side in my car right oh yeah 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 so it was funny though after the um first time i let him go on roads um after about i don't know maybe 20 minutes or something i'm like oh hey you know you know want to call today and i'll drive back home he goes yes so exhausted and he said mom do you still feel nervous the whole time you're driving? I was like, no, I don't still feel nervous the whole time I'm driving. <laughs> I did. I said, you know, sometimes if I'm on a freeway in Los Angeles, I'll get a little tense or up in Seattle. But other than that, I'm pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Good. He's taking it very seriously. That's great. Yes, 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 yes. So, well, all right. Well, today our show, we're kind of going um, back to the beginning um, because as we kick off our Become series, which is three programs to motivate and guide women to become either a dedicated runner, trail runner, or cyclist, we want um, to be talking with three of the five coaches about their beginnings, as well as beginner knowledge that you know really can help athletes no matter where they are on their running um, journey. So, Dimity, you know that on the most recent episode of AMR Trains, you spoke to coaches Jen Harrison and Liz Waterstrot, who um, about the Become a Cyclist program. They're the coaches for it. So then in this episode, kind of a part two, um, we're chatting with the running coaches, two women who are brand new to AMR, to the AMR coaching team, Mandy Cherry and Jen Steele, plus Christy Scott, who has been our ultra marathon coach. Am I right in saying for about a year, Dimity? I think so. Maybe a little bit longer. It's hard mm-hmm. to know time yeah. work, but yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So these three women will share their stories as well as running advice and insight after this break. Stay with us, please. Have you seen them? The limited edition custom knockaround sunglasses Dimity and I designed? We had so much fun designing custom knockaround glasses, playing with the colors of the frames, the tints of the lenses, the color of the little K logo on the side. We even helped design the custom Another Mother Runner case for the sunglasses. Will you be Team Dimity or Team Sarah? To prevent any hard feelings, you choose by color. Dimity shades are sunshine bright in pink and orange, while I went for my power color, purple, with jewel tone stripes on the arms. Both pairs have polarized mirrored lenses that offer UV 400 protection. The lenses are also FDA approved impact resistant. Here's some background on Knockaround. The brand pioneered the affordably priced high quality sunglasses category in 2005, so they know what they're doing. Knockaround offers 15 frame styles in a wide range of colors, as well as ongoing limited editions, collaborations like ours, and an interactive design-your-own custom shop. Knockaround sunglasses are always reasonably priced, starting just $20, and shipping is always free. The Dimity and the Sarah custom pairs are $30, and you get a code for 20% off your next Knockaround purchase, which we're confident you'll make because you'll love the first pair so much. And like I already mentioned, shipping is always free on all Knockaround orders. To check out and buy our custom sunglasses, go to knockaround.com AMR. Once you buy a pair of the Dimity or the Sarah, you get a code for 20% off your next Knockaround purchase. 
and we know you'll want more pairs once you try them out. Again, head to knockaround.com slash AMR, knockaround.com slash AMR. Rothy's believes style is about more than just fashion. From slip-on sneakers and classic flats to chic handbags and spacious totes, Rothy's makes getting dressed easy. Everything the brand makes is exceptionally comfortable, totally sustainable, and fully machine washable. That bears repeating, am I right, Mother Runner? Everything is fully machine washable. Coffee, chocolate, grubby kids' hands, not a problem. And going sock-free in your Rothy's? No stink there. Just throw your Rothy's shoes or bag in the washing machine and they'll come out looking fresh and smelling brand new. Rothy's are extremely durable and last wash after wash. In fact, the average pair of Rothy's has walked about a thousand miles. It's like walking from San Francisco to Denver and staying comfortable with every step. I can testify to Rothy's washability. I recently wore mine on a visit to a peony farm. Come on, it's Oregon. We have countless flower farms. Not remembering it had rained that week. Ugh, mud, but it was no match for the washing machine. My camo Rothy's came out looking like new. Keep it clean with washable shoes and bags from Rothy's. Plus, they just launched men's shoes, so make sure to check them out for the guy in your life. Might I remind you that Father's Day is coming up? Head to rothys.com AMR to find your new favorites today. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash AMR. I don't need to tell you. The world is full of uncertainty, which might have you feeling stressed or anxious. Yet you can navigate change, feel more relaxed, and quiet your mind with Calm. We're longtime partners with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, largely because Calm provides tools to improve the way you feel. One of the many great things about Calm is how many options the app offers. Clear your mind with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative, high-quality sleep stories. It's like Calm has you covered no matter what time of day or in what situation you're feeling stressed, at your desk, at bedtime, or wherever you deem a meditation space. More than 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. For several years, I was devoted to doing the daily Calm meditation, but on Molly's suggestion, I switched to the daily trip. It's the same length, about 9 to 12 minutes, but led by this guy Jeff Warren, whose vibe I jibe with better. Doing it first thing in the morning, pre-run, makes me feel centered and capable, ready to handle whatever the day throws at me. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited-time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com AMR. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library, and new content is added every week. Get started today at calm.com AMR. That's C-A-L-M dot AMR. The first guest we're going to be talking with is Mandy Cherry, who lives in Dayton, Ohio. She's the mom of two young kids. Mandy's been a coach for about a year now, and she works, I love this part, exclusively with women beginners, including people getting into running for the first time, returning to running after a break, and anyone who wants to do their first, like first 10K, first half marathon, first marathon. And for the past five years, Mandy's also taught stroller fitness classes for moms who attend with their kids. Welcome to the show, Mandy. Hi, thank you. And so Mandy, start by telling us about your running background yourself. When did you start to run and, and um, what do you like to do? Sure. Um, I started running actually with a beginner's program, a little similar to what we're doing, but obviously without guidance, right? Just an app you download. And I did that probably almost 10 years ago. Um, and then immediately got pregnant after I ran my first race. So a lot of my... Um, Running has been coming back right from pregnancy. I have two boys, um, five and seven. So learning to run and then learning to run with a new body after mm -hmm. babies um, mm -hmm. and then through pregnancy. So, yeah, that's kind of been my running story. I ran my first marathon in 2019 and my only so far. So uh -huh. Uh -huh. did you have any plan for last year that got um, waylaid? I didn't with little kids. My husband said, can we take a year off? So I'm trying to convince him that COVID was our <laughs> year off. He's not sold yet. <laughs> He's not sure it counts. Does that yeah. have an app? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, um, so like I said, I love that you coach only beginners. Um, what do you think is the most important prerequisite to becoming a runner? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that there's a lot of prerequisites. I think, um, just believing that you can. I did the beginners program probably took me um, a few times before it really stuck and became a habit. And the reason I qu kept quitting is because I really just thought, well, running's not for me. 
And it's just that I had to um, have a mental shift and say, okay, maybe it's not going to be that fast, but I could go longer. Just that Mm -hmm. mental shift, I think, and that I can do it. It just might look different than I thought it was going to. Reminded of the, I don't know if you all saw that Simone Biles, the um, you know multi-medaled Olympic gymnast, did some pulled off some um, vault that no woman has ever even attempted in competition before. And when asked why she did it, she's like, "Because I can." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I uh, start kept running because I can, and can I go farther, and can I do more, which is how I got to a marathon. Um, I never thought I would. And I'm eyeing ultras because I think I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people get motivated to run and maybe have a go at it for a few weeks, a month, a few months, kind of like you, Mandy, but they don't make it become a consistent habit. What advice do you have for a newer runner to become a consistent runner? How do you form that habit that you were talking about? Um, I have a few recommendations. The first would be what's your next goal. Um, I think so many people get through a beginner's program and don't have anything to work towards. I think that's a huge motivation. Um, And is it an attainable goal? Are we going from 5k to marathon? And if that's your goal, what are our baby steps in between? Um, Because when you feel like you're accomplishing something, uh, you're more likely to stick with it. And I also, my other big thing would be to find a group. I think running is, or find a friend. Um, there are so many out there with run stores and through you all. And there are just so many ways now. And when you have a friend and an accountability partner, you're more likely to show up for them on days you don't want to show up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I want to tell a little anecdote to lead into this question. So when my parents were meeting my now husband, um, Jack, for the first time, um, after we were showing up at their house and uh, my mom told me later on that my dad and, and I was um, divorced at the time. And so I think they were kind of nervous about making a good impression and wanting things to work out their daughter to be happy. And so my father said to my mother, uh, my mom told me this letter, she said, now, Margaret, when we we meet Jack, put your best foot forward. And my mother replied, Charlie, I always put my best foot forward. So so oftentimes Jack and I will say to each other, okay, let's put our best foot forward. Uh, so, So do you think there are like maybe three critical things to putting your best foot forward as a beginning runner? Sure. I think the first thing is to make sure you can talk when you run. (laughs) I think so many new runners go out trying to sprint like they're winning the Olympics. And if they just slowed down a little, they would feel a lot more comfortable in their body. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the second is um, what are you fueling with as far as like day to day, not right before a run, figuring out what sits well in your body and uh, what gives you energy. And I think the other one is just to have fun with it. It's a new thing you're learning and we don't always get to learn new things as an adult. We feel like we know it all. So be gentle with yourself, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like that idea of um, just, you know, I mean, one of the reasons why Mandy, I thought you'd be so great for this program is that you've coached a lot of beginning runners. And I mean, what, what kind of concerns do they have and mindset do they have when you, um, you know, what are some typical things that you hear that, that someone might be here thinking right now as they're listening, right? Other than I can't do this or it's not for me. Yeah. A a lot of new runners worry about being slow. Um, Mm. that's why I prefer distance because I'm not, I wouldn't say stereotypically fast. Um, we talk a lot about how slow is relative and conversation pace and level of exertions and how that's different for every single person and how it grows and changes as your abilities grow. Um, I also think they love to look way ahead in the plan and think, oh, I'm never going to be able to do that one. But just trusting the plan that it's going to build and your body's going to adapt. We talk a lot about how your system adapts when I'm working with new runners. So and the plan is meant to help you adapt in a way that is sustainable and attainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that ever changes, right? Like you always yeah. look ahead and you're like, oh, you know, on a marathon program or wherever. It's always, it always feels unattainable, but following the plan and you can get there, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so you also told us, I love running because it shows me how strong and capable my body is at any given time. I also enjoy coaching beginners as they start to learn just what they are capable of in their body too. Is there anything that sticks out in your mind of a beginner discovering what her body could do either, either with yourself or with um, an athlete that you've worked with? Um, I actually am finishing up my local in-person beginner group. And I just had, um, a woman in her fifties tell me there's no way I could have done this nine weeks ago. And we were just running 10 minutes, walking three, running 10. And she said, it's still hard, but I can do it. And I think that's just such a huge part. She really doubted she'd be able to do it in the beginning, but she worked the plan and did it. And, um, you know, is going to be able to chase her grandbabies here soon because of that. So I think that's cool. I work with a lot of new moms, but that's been the coolest part about this beginner group is seeing different ages and stages of motherhood and women and what that looks like and what running can give you through all different stages. And I imagine you kind of see them learn to appreciate their bodies differently. I mean, I, I realize it's a hard thing to um, verbalize, but especially if you haven't been a runner or maybe even been an athlete your whole life and all of a sudden you're out running two miles, three miles. Holy cow, what a different perspective, right? That was me for sure. I was the kid. I know we all hear stories like this who hated gym class, tried to hide for the mile. And somewhere <laughs> in my mid 20s, I was like, something's got to change. I got to find something that sticks. And running was the first thing where I didn't feel like I was punishing my body or trying to work off what I ate, but instead I was going, wow, I can do this. And can I go a little further and can I go a little longer and could I go a little faster once you've established that? And it just made me realize how strong I am. And then that my body could have a baby and come back and do it again. There's nothing like it. So cool. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking back on, we had a guest a few weeks ago who um, she and her sister um, run a organization called more than more than a body. And their um, slogan mantra is um, that your body is an instrument, not an ornament. And so really seeing what that instrument can do, what it, how it can be a tool for you is really an amazing thing to um, be a part of. Um, so, so, you know, you mentioned, uh, that it can be very motivating to put a goal out there for yourself after a beginner program. Where do you think the desire to do a race comes into the picture for most people? What do you see among the women you coach and what do you kind of suggest to people for that, um, glide path out of beginning running? It's a little hard because I started coaching, um, right as like restrictions were lifting kind of for COVID. So we haven't Mm. really seen any races with my beginner runners. Mm. I think the desire to run a race is pretty up there for people right away. It was for me, I wanted to run. And once I realized I could sustain 30 minutes, I think it's perfectly great to find a small local 5k and try it out, feel the atmosphere. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of people who started running during COVID who are ready for races as they slowly come back. Um, It's a different experience, but I think it really helps you get the camaraderie of the running community. It's interesting you say that. uh, I'm going to be the MC this weekend at Happy Girls out in Bend, Oregon. And it's a race that I've emceed a lot. I can't even count the number of times I've done Happy Girl races. Um, And so to think that that there might be people who've really never, a lot of people who've never done a race. I mean, certainly at every race there's um, novices, but to think there might be a really big chunk of them. So maybe even I'll need to kind of step it back and be like, okay, this is, you know, come on up to the starting line. This is what you do. You have a little chip on your shoe and you don't need to, you know, press your Garmin the second you cross the finish line is Dim and I like to tell people. So I like getting that perspective, thinking that it's a whole new world. It really is. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's fresh and new and exciting. That's fun. Break your break your race cherry, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so so Mandy, I know you're you we're gonna have Jen on in a minute. She is your co-coach. So, so so there are two of you in doing this program together. Um, but just speaking for yourself, what do you hope women um, get out of the Become a Runner program? Oh, I hope well few that they love running, that they fall in love with it. It gives them something, especially moms, meaningful for themselves. It's mm-hmm. just theirs. I feel like we lose that as moms often and running can definitely be that. And I hope that they do 
learn to appreciate their body. Like we talked about that it is, you know, a tool that it is stronger than they think that it's capable of more than they realize. Mm -hmm. Um, that would be, that's the ultimate for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just a couple logistics about the program before we talk to Jen, but I mean, it is a program, it's eight weeks and you start with a run-walk pattern and there's a lot of run. I mean, it's a run-walk pattern for, for most of the eight weeks, correct, Mandy? Yes, yes, it's run-walk for most of it. Um, and even when we do add in the longer runs, as we start to build time towards the second half of it, we still go back to those run walks. If you're a stereotypical regular, stereotypical is not the right word. If you're a regular runner, already a runner, that notion of building the long run. So we mm -hmm. still go back to those intervals through the week and then a longer, more consistent run on the weekends. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. Great. Oh, awesome. Well, Mandy, I listening to you talk, I'm, I, you know, I know it was Dimity who hired you. And I'm thinking, good job, Dimity. You found a good one. <laughs> I am very excited. I just, um, when I started running, I actually read your train like a mother book for my first half about four or five years ago. Yeah. And you guys really laid the way for moms and running. As far as I'm concerned, I, there's not a lot out there until recently. And you also make it, um, understandable you know you're not just throwing terms at them but you make it everyday relatable lingo and i think that's so awesome oh thank you well i i think you are following in our footsteps because it sounds like you're a great coach yeah yeah welcome <laughs> thank to the you. team thank yeah. you yeah yeah all right take good care all right so next up is Mandy's co-coach. It is Jen Steele, who lives in Carlsbad, California, also a mother of two young kids. And Jen is an RRCA and probably going to botch how I say this, Revolution running certified run coach with more than three years experience helping women feel like bammers, as she says. Um, Jen told us she loves running and coaching because it's an amazing thing to experience crushing a goal that once seemed impossible. Yeehaw, Jen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your personal running background. Yeah. So I didn't run um, until I was an adult. I think like a lot of us that are part of the AMRT, uh, you know, community. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just wanted to be a runner. Um, <laughs> something about it always intrigued me. I watched the marathon, you know, never having run or anything <laughs> and just was always into it. Um, and then ran lots of half marathons, ran a couple full marathons. And then when I was pregnant with my first, I, uh, decided to put my name in for the Chicago lottery, Chicago marathon lottery. Um, <laughs> maybe the craziest thing I've done. And then I ended up running a marathon at eight months postpartum with my first baby. Uh, but it ended up being really good for me, like mentally and kind of forcing me to do something for me. So uh, after that, I kind of dove in with two feet and did the run certification and started coaching after that. Nice. Nice. That sounds a little bit like uh how Run Like a Mother started. I mean, your twins were a little bit older, Sarah, but Ben was just like a little over one um, mm -hmm. when we ran that. So yeah, that and that was exactly what I needed for sure, Jen, was a goal for myself um, after having a kid, you know, or that was my second kid, actually. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little known like side part of running. You're like, you want to run the marathon, but actually you're doing it in a very self-serving interest. <laughs> Absolutely. And it forced me to go do something for myself, which I think a lot of new moms struggle with, especially as yeah. I've watched more of my friends become moms. Uh, it like forced me to go spend hours every Saturday by myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who gets to do that? Oh, marathoners and runners in general, right? We, we don't, we don't, you don't have to run a marathon to go and have a, a little peace and quiet on the trail by yourself. So yeah. absolutely. Um, so Jen, so if a woman thinks she feels like taking up running, but she isn't sure, how would you go about convincing her to give it a go? I would say that it has a very low barrier to entry and the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to go out and you're going to spend time by yourself. Kind of like you had just said, right. You don't have to train for a marathon to go spend a couple hours by yourself on the trails or around your neighborhood or whatever the case may be. So the worst thing that could happen is that you end up going and having a half an hour, an hour to yourself wandering around. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't suck. 
It doesn't matter no. if you're walking or running, you know, or <laughs> jogging or whatever you want to call it. Agreed. Agreed. I always joke to my clients that like, don't dread it. Like think of this as your half an hour to have nobody need you. How mm-hmm. often does that happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's why, you know, maybe set that phone to silence. So, you know, you can't hear it ring and um, just like a voicemail or whatnot. So I think some women shy away from running because of the discomfort factor. And, um, you know, your cohort, Mandy was talking about this, you know, the huffing, the puffing, the exerting yourself. It's, you know, in purely a self-driven way. It's not like you're having to keep up with teammates or, you know, um, I don't know, listen to a coach who's on the sidelines yelling at you. It's, it's all yourself and what you're putting into it. And it can seem intimidating and it's, you know, painful. You get side stitches, you know, it's some, for some people it's uncomfortable to breathe that heavily. So, and that's, you know, even for more experienced runners, you know, they don't sometimes also don't like to push outside the comfort zone. So what do you say in the face of that? The like, Oh, it hurts or gosh, I don't like feeling that out of breath. So I think it depends a little bit on (laughs) what kind of person you are. I have uh, some friends that I've run with and she used to complain that she would get itchy. And that was always her biggest complaint. Like when she started to sweat, her body wasn't used to it. And so she would complain about how itchy she got. Um, So I think it depends a little bit on the complaint and kind of you can Google or listen to the AMR podcast, right? On all of the things. And like there's answers. There's reasons why a lot of those things are the way they are. And they'll go away the easier it gets. I also think that a lot of people, when they start out trying to run, they get in their head a lot about how fast they need to be or how far they need to go or how long they need to go. But really, if you go out and you jog a minute, walk a minute, you're still doing something that's really great. And again, that barrier to entry, like it doesn't have to suck so much like it doesn't have to hurt until you kind of get a little bit more comfortable with where your body's at and feeling out what it can do and until you want to push that little bit more yeah yeah i'm curious with the beginners you've worked with jen i'm and i and this may this is probably a hard question to answer because it's probably on an individual basis but you know at what point does the you know i mean even now when you go have a run and it's a quote unquote bad run, like you feel uncomfortable, you were itchy, whatever, just, you just never found your groove. You're still glad you went right. And, it, and you probably don't get back down on yourself for having a bad run. Cause you know that the good runs come and the, you know, it's all a journey. Like at what point do beginners, like, is it like 21 days, four weeks, eight weeks, you know, where they start to have some good enough runs where they feel like, oh, I see why people do this. Like they, they feel the mood elevation, they feel the fulfillment and the satisfaction and all the stuff that, you know, we rave about, but sometimes it's hard to understand if you haven't felt it yourself. I always say that a half an hour, I think tends to be the break even point for a lot of people. Like once they can do that, it feels like a big accomplishment, right? 30 minutes is a long, it's a long time to run when you've never run before or when you haven't run in a really long time. And by that point, I think most people, even if they're still having bad runs or not running the whole time and taking a couple walk breaks, I think by that point, they're still kind of getting that runner's high that people talk about all the time. That's a good, good answer. Thank you. That's a, super <laughs> helpful. Seriously. Well, that's what we say, you know, yeah, that's great. Um, okay. Sometimes though gear can feel intimidating or finding the right gear, going to that running specific running store. If you've never walked in there and you might not look like a stereotypical runner, um, so talk about some essential gear, um, that, that you need for this become a runner program or to start running on your own and what is kind of non-essential, what can be ignored at least at the beginning. So I think all you like the basics, basics are a good pair of shoes and a good sports bra. Um, after that, some things that are going to help are, uh, some of the moisture wicking, shirts and pants to kind of to prevent chafing. I know that can be a really big deal, especially if you're not a stereotypical uh, runner's body. A great thing that's been happening uh, in more and more of the running community is that runners are kind of coming out on social media and being around and they're not the stereotypical runner's body. And so there's a lot of good advice on things that they find that works really well for them that, you know, so you can kind of see somebody who looks like you that also runs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 
Um, so we have a question, Jen, putting you on the spot with lots of, uh, well, you're, you're our guests. <laughs> I can just <laughs> keep firing away, firing away. Um, we have a question on next week's um, episode of AMR Answers about running by minutes instead of miles. Almost all the workouts in the Become a Runner program are prescribed, prescribed by time, not distance. So what's your take on that? Can you talk a little bit about why you go by minutes and, and if there is a benefit to going by miles, maybe as you progress as a runner? Absolutely. I love, I love talking about this. I have a bunch of reels and advice. I send my runners and all this good stuff on whether you should run by miles or minutes. And to start out, I think that running by minutes helps you feel more accomplished as a runner, because a lot of times beginning runners want to add a full mile and to go from one mile to two miles is a lot. And then to go to two miles to three miles, like that's a huge, huge jump, but you can kind of build up that accomplishment. You know, that snowball effect. If you go from running for 10 minutes total to 12 minutes total, like that feels a lot more encouraging. It feels like you've done a lot more or from, you know, 10 minutes to 15 minutes. Sure. Even for beginner runners to go from 10 minutes to 20 minutes is a huge jump. And you're probably still not even going a full extra mile. Mm -hmm. So whether it's coming back from an injury or starting running in the beginning or after taking some time off or even really accomplished runners uh, who are starting to feel burnt out, Mm -hmm. I think that changing it over to time can be a really good way to kind of snap out of it and get out of your head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that, 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 um, make it in metrics that anything you can understand. I mean, it's kind of like when you run a, a marathon in Canada or a foreign country that goes by the, the metric system instead of miles. It's like, Oh, look at that. I've gone, you know, the, the, the kilometers click off a whole lot faster than a mile does. So there's a sense of, you know, ticking things off that it's very satisfying. Absolutely. <laughs> so Dimity and I take very different tacks when it, um, about setting athletic goals. Anybody who's listening to the podcast knows that, that, Dimity, I really admire this show, finds new goals and races, you know, whether it's hiking rim to rim in the Grand Canyon or doing her swim bike nationals, um, you know, whereas I'm Miss Marathon, you know, eyeing my 15th of them. So what's your advice on setting goals, no matter where a person is on the running experience spectrum? I think any goal that somebody, like running goal that somebody wants to set is great. I think that You also have to, when you think about the goal you want, you know, if you want to run a marathon and you are struggling to run that half an hour at this point, the 30 minutes or a 5k that you just need to be a realistic about how you're going to accomplish that goal and the timing of that. So there are marathons that will have a time limit that lets you walk it or walk run, you know, they have an eight hour limit or a no limit. And there's a way that you can make that happen. And if you want to be able to run it, then just know that you know, it's going to take a little bit more time in that. And you need to think about all the logistics behind it. And if it's something you can really commit to. Mm-hmm. And I just used marathon because it's the big, the big sure, one. Sure. Um, but it'd be the same if with an ultra or if you were trying to get to a 5k. So to set your goal and then kind of back plan from where you are now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think the other thing, and I'll just chime in because uh, I think it's really important about think about what fires you up. Right. And that's Sarah. I mean, your question just nailed it because you get fired up by doing your 15th marathon. I get fired up by doing something totally different, you know, and I think, um, you know, just what Jen just said about the marathon. I mean, I think every runner's like, um, you know, I got to run a marathon. Right. Because that makes me a runner, a real runner, you know, um, and that's so not true. And I, I hate that those two kind of words go together, you know, real runner and marathon. And so, you know, if a, if a marathon, if the idea of that fires you up, especially if it's in a cool place, if you're a Disney fan or you want to go run in Moab or you want to do the Twin Cities or whatever, awesome. But if you, you know, but if you're more like, you know what, I want to do some 10Ks at home or I don't even know if I want to race or whatever, you know, like there's so much room on the spectrum for runners, right? And it doesn't just mean, you know, because this is a become, we're talking about starting running, it doesn't mean that you have to fast track to the marathon, you know? Yep. No, or even, yeah, even a 5K. I mean, the the program, correct me if I'm wrong, Dim, um, the goal is to run 30 minutes nonstop, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So we- it's 30 minutes and anybody is a, like, I the idea of a real runner that you have to do anything is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. 
if you run, you are a runner, the yeah. end. There's yeah. no time limit on that. There's no anything. So if you start this program and you're going to sit at that three minutes running for an extra week because you feel like your body needs it and that's where you're at and, you know, we talk about that, then take that extra week. You're still a runner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and thus the reason the shirt that they get with the program says runner with a period on it. So it's a declarative statement. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. It's cute, right? Well, and that's that's the other thing that I want to talk about these programs. So, yes, yeah, so, you, so, you know, it, the training program is rock solid. Manny and Jen did a great job on it. Um, but I think it's kind of the extra stuff. I mean, of course, it's a T-shirt, right? We all need another cute T-shirt. Um, but you guys are having meetings, basically, with your team. So the, one of the reasons why this the, all these Become Series start on June 7th and they go through August 1st. And so you're in the same time block as your teammates. And the reason for that is that we want everyone kind of on the same workouts, more or less, you know, you can move around the workouts if you need to during the week, but you're more or less on the same schedule for eight weeks. So you're going through the same situations, maybe having the same questions. And Mandy and Jen are going to have meetings, uh, I think four total, or is it three or four? I can't remember. Four. Four, four total. So again, so like Mandy just said, like if you need to, you know, come in and say, should I repeat week three because I missed these two workouts or whatever, um, and then talk about it with them, you can. So it's kind of like, I mean, I feel like it's the best of both worlds as far as having a team and having a coach, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're not paying for a private coach, but you have access to get your individual questions answered and you have the momentum of the team. I just... And I have to say, Dimity loves nothing more than a team. That's just <laughs> the way it is. <laughs> it is. I love a good team. Well, it, because, yeah. Oh, wait, we don't have to go, go into that. But yeah, so that's, I just love... <laughs> I just think that that's what I really, I mean, I like all the aspects of the program, but I mean, Mandy mentioned being part of a group, you know, the value of a group, Jen. I mean, Sarah, you know that everyone does, right? So mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, really special and I think helpful. So mm-hmm. I think it's exciting that it's a group for beginning runners, because I think a lot of times, even the really inclusive groups, like she runs this town, uh, they're, they still feel scary if you think that you can't keep up with somebody the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a great intro for people, you know, becoming a runner to also like feel like they can be part of a running group, even if they're not super confident in their running at the beginning. Right. Like it can help them go forward and have that kind of running team. Yeah. It also goes back to what we were talking about in the intro, you talking about how it was, you know, you really jumped into the deep end of the social pool And so that for people who, you know, have been living through Zoom calls and, you know, FaceTimes, that this is a way to to interact with people again, but still it feels kind of safe. It's, they're not right there next to you. You know, you can still run your own pace. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a really great way to find your running legs. That's, I mean, when you bring up group runs, I mean, yes, I love a group run, but yeah, if it's intimidating to get to and, or if you're not sure of, you know, where you are, you don't, you're not sure if you feel strong enough you know, getting, spending eight weeks, getting to running to 30 minutes and then building off of that, whether mm-hmm. virtually or in person. I mean, it's a great, just a great first building block. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jen, as, as you might be able to tell, I'm kind of excited. <laughs> so, <laughs> Same. Uh, I'm excited for you and Mandy, and I'm excited for the runners that are going to join you guys and, um, and learn to, to become a runner and, and find all the fulfillment and the consistency and, make it a habit that they can um, stick with for a long time. It's going to be really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. And welcome to the team, Jen. Thank you so much. Yeah. Our third running coach joining us is Christy Scott, who lives in Huntsville, Alabama. She is the mother of two quote unquote kids. They're in their twenties. Christy has been a coach since 1999 with a slew of accreditations, including RRCA. She's also an ACE certified personal trainer. Christy is an experienced ultramarathon runner, and she, so thus, she's a perfect person to coach our ultramarathon program. And now she's the coach in charge of our Become a Trail Runner program, which, like um, the one we were just talking about, Become a Runner, kicks off on June 7th. So it's great to have you on the show, Christy. Thank you. Glad to be here and glad to be doing another program with y'all. Awesome. With y'all. Um, so, uh, so uh, I, you, you've talked about this in previous shows, but so just in case people are coming to this fresh, let's tell us a little bit about your running background, how you became a runner and what you like to do now. Okay. Um, 
I mean, I ran a little when I was younger, just for fun. And then after my son was born, he's the younger one. I, you know, like a lot of our mothers here in our groups decided that was a great way for me to lose some of that baby weight and started running just regular normal distances. And then I had friends that ran marathons and I thought, well, I think I want to try that. Did that. And then we moved here to Alabama and I was introduced to all the crazy people who do ultras. And I thought, well, that sounds like fun. So, (laughs) so you know how that happens. You get sucked in and that's how it all began. So that's been What's the longest, what's the longest ultra you've done? Oh, I did 131 miles at a 40 hour event. Hmm. And yeah. Interesting, interesting time limit. Yeah. Well, that was the um, race for the ages. That's the one that's put on by Laz. And he, what you do is if at the time he changes the rules every year, because you know, that's what he does. But this one at that time, it was if you were 48 or under, you ran 48 hours. And if you were 48 or over, you ran however many hours you are old. So if you were Mm. 60, you got 60 hours. (laughs) And the goal was for us all to finish at the same time on uh, Labor Day. And so you worked backwards to figure out your start time. So that's how that's how that happened. So that's how the 40 hours came in. And that's uh, not coincidentally the goal for become a trail runner. We're looking for 131 <laughs> miles and 40 hours at the end of eight weeks, right? Yes. Oh, I say 40. It's supposed to be 48 hours because I was, oh, yeah, I did 48 hours. And I had okay. two, yeah, sorry. I had two clients there trying to get their first hundred milers. So I finished one clients with her, you know, her hundred. And then I went to the other, helped her finish her hundred. And I'm like, well, you know. There's time on the clock, so I'm just going to keep running. They stopped, but. (laughs) See you later, guys. Yeah, they were like, you're a sucker. (laughs) So, so Chrissy, I have to say, you have the most enviably buff upper arms. You have, before you talk about running, you need to tell us what your secret is. (laughs) Um, Okay, now that I've been doing longer than running. I started strength training my senior year of high school. And because I wanted to take weightlifting and I was the only girl in there and and of course, you know, the football coach taught it and thought that I was in there because the boys were in there and I wasn't, <laughs> I was truly interested in it. And gosh, I, I've been lifting consistently since then. So 30 years. Wow. That's how, wow. that's the secret. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, so if I start today, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. Well, and just uh, like a little nod to the insides of these programs, Christy uh, demonstrates, like uh, designed and demonstrates the strength training moves for the Become a Trail Runner program. So we can't guarantee arms like that, but we can guarantee (laughs) the strength that you need for for trail running. So awesome. Um, So on the Train Like a Mother Club Coaches page, Christy, you write with pride that you completed the Spartan Spartan Killington Ultra Mm. in one piece. (laughs) So give us details on that one since we've already heard about the, you know, uh, 48 hour one. Um, that race is insane. I started doing Spartan races. Oh gosh. I don't know. It's probably been seven years ago or so because I was looking for something different and like, well, I've run all these distances. I also, you know, love to lift and do all this stuff with heavy weights. I'm like, what were something I could utilize my running and my strength? I'm like, well, obstacle course racing, of course. So (laughs) I started doing those and then I thought, well, if I can do all of these, I wonder if I could try the ultra. So Spartan has an ultra distance, which is a 50 K it entails, you know, running 50 K, which is all over, all over the place. The courses are typically trail like, and it's got about 60 obstacles. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah. And so they're the mother of them all is Killington, which is in Vermont, as most of you mm-hmm. probably know on a ski res- at a ski resort. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not just I'm like, well, if I'm going to do the ultra, I've got to do the one, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> why not? It has 18,000 feet of elevation gain in the 50 K. Particularly for the, for the East coast. That's what I was going to say. You have to go down. Exactly. It's not like Colorado where you could go 14,000 exactly. up. Yeah. yeah. So you're up and down that ski resort multiple times. I mean, I saw people crying on the side of the trail. I saw it was bad. <laughs> so, and you know, and in between that you're having to, you've got 60 plus obstacles where you're having to, you know, climb over walls, carry heavy stuff, 
there's a swim in that one. So we actually had to get in the water. I mean, it was, it's insane. You, you earned that pride in finishing it. Good Let job. me tell you, yes. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's get back to just simple trail running, no push-ups, no swimming, no 18,000 feet of elevation. Um, for you, what's the allure? And do you think that there are mental hurdles a roadrunner needs to get over to hit the trail? Yes. So the trails, I mean, if hopefully you have access to them somewhere nearby. We're just very fortunate that we have them, you know, in our, our backyard here. And it's just something so different. I mean, you've got, instead of sounds of cars and things like that, you've got nature. I mean, you've got birds and you've got water, hopefully, and things like that. And it's just, it's such a great way to escape. Even if you're not running, even if you're just hiking, you know, getting outside, getting that fresh air, being out in nature and hearing all those natural sounds without headphones in your ears. And it's just a, it's a different world and it takes your running to a totally different place. And it gives it's a, you have a totally different goal. So a lot of times when we're on the roads, we're so stuck in our pace, like, Oh, I have to run this pace to be successful. And Oh, that was too slow. And you get out there and your pace really doesn't matter, which mm-hmm. a lot of road runners have a hard time with that. Cause they get out there and like, Oh my gosh, why am I running two minutes per mile slower than I do on the road? I'm like, well, you've got rocks and roots and elevation changes and mud and, all these things are going to affect your pace, but it also takes the pressure off. So if you allow it, <laughs> it can allow you to really enjoy your running. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you think are the most important physical considerations when starting out trail running? Um, it's definitely, I will tell you that I can remember this as clear as day when I first started running trails here, because our trails are super technical, how mm. sore my abs were. And I, oh, the next, yeah, the next day I'm like, oh my God, what did I do in my abs yesterday? It was from running the trails because you're shifting directions all the time. So I love, you know, the aspect of core strength. You, I love doing, you know, balance type things. So most of my strength work, I tend to have people do a lot of single leg stuff because you're always shifting directions. You're jumping over rocks. You're, you're having to think about that kind of stuff. So if you're one of those people who tends to roll your ankles easily, that's something you have to really think about and make sure that you're going to work on the other stuff that needs to go with it as far as strengthening all those supporting muscles around your joints. Um, but it's, you know, it's a different pounding than the pounding you feel on the road. It's you'll wake up with sore muscles as opposed to sore joints. I mean, so you, mm-hmm. you, know, you get up and you'll have, you know, sore quads because you had some good downhill sections and, and like I said, sore abs because you're having to balance and keep yourself from falling on your face. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, and you're you're blessed, obviously, with really nice trails uh, where you live. Yeah. But we kind of wanted to like make clear that you don't always have to be running in the mountain to no. enjoy this program, right? So absolutely. I mean, not. the week the weekday runs can be done on a road if you need to. We encourage the Saturday runs to be or the weekend runs, if you move it to a Sunday to be on trails, but kind of define how you define a trail. If you aren't, if you don't live in, um, you know, Arkansas, where you can get, get out the door and, and find a lot of options. Or Alabama. <laughs> or Alabama. Sorry. Ar- uh, uh, sorry. Alabama. One of the two. You know, one of those Southern A states. I know. Exactly. <laughs> or Colorado. Or Colorado. Yeah. Dimity lives in Connecticut. You know, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, really anything that is unpaved is considered a trail. So if you have got a, you know, a nature trail near you, that's just gravel. If you've got a cross country course near you, which a lot of schools, if you start looking around, have really nice cross country courses, which all they are is grass, basically. Um, Mm. They're not going to be technical. Those are great. But really it's, it's anything that's not paved that typically has some kind of elevation change. It doesn't have to be big. It could be just rolling hills. Like, you know, a lot of, um, I feel like more and more schools, high schools are putting in nice cross country courses in their cities, even if it's not right on the campus. So those are wonderful. That's a great idea. And what about gear? Um, How much different does, you know, especially if you're not going out on super technical or super long runs, right? um, does the gear from trail to road very, very much? If you're not on technical trails, not really. You could wear your road shoes out there and have no problem at all, especially if you're on like a cross country type course or gravel roads. If you're on a more technical trail like we have, that's very rocky and rooty, you're going to need a trail shoe. So it just depends on what trails 
you're going to be on. Um, I usually tell people, you know, if they want to try out first their road shoes, and there's no reason to go buy a pair of shoes if you don't have to. So Mm -hmm. try your road shoes, see how it feels. If you find yourself slipping around a lot, you might need to invest in a pair of trail shoes. Um, I always, always make sure I have water because on a trail, sometimes you don't know how long you may be out there longer than you expect. So make sure you've got, you know, some kind of water, whether it's handheld. I technically, I mean, personally prefer to have a hydration vest because I like to have my hands free Mm -hmm. because you are more likely to stumble and things like that. So I like to have both my hands free. So I tend to wear a hydration vest if I'm on the trails and I just make sure that I always have that water with me. Mm-hmm. One thing that um, people should know if they do try to, I agree with you that that you don't have to rush out and buy trail shoes right away, but whatever road shoes you wear, accept that they're probably going to get dirty. Oh, yes. And, <laughs> because I have worn, you know, uh, just made the rookie mistake by wearing these beautiful brand new red <laughs> Topo Phantoms. And I'm that come back, I'm like, they're not red anymore. They're brown. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get dirty. You're going to Yeah, get you know, dirty. And, and yes, you can wash them, but they just never look as good as when they come out of the box. So yeah, don't wear uh, your best um, Lululemon workout clothes out on the trail because <laughs> one, they're going to get dirty. And if you fall, you may be ripping holes in them. So yeah, mm-hmm. I try to tell people don't try to look cute out on the trails. <laughs> it's a hard habit to break but you know, know. Know. <laughs> that's sarah's that's sarah's priority yeah. how cute do i look that's right. not cute enough i just can't help it <laughs> so chrissy i know you're a big believer in writing in a journal or maybe that's plural maybe there's more than one so i assumed you meant a, a workout log book but yes um you know, tell us why you're a big believer in your journals and why you think they can be useful for, say, maybe a roadrunner trying out trail running. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer and I actually do have several. I have my running logs and I have my strength training logs and really, and I know now we have all these digital ways. We've got Strava and we've got all these things. I still like to flip back and look at my log, what I've written. And I can go back, say, okay, I know that I ran. We'll go back to that Spartan ultra, I can go back to my written log and see all the notes that I took. Like this felt great. This felt terrible. This was my favorite part. I had this kind of ache at this mile. And I feel like you learn a lot about your body and you can remember, Oh yeah, I forgot. I did have that for dinner the night Mm -hmm. before that race. And that did make a big difference. So I feel like it, it gives you some tools to go back and reflect on to, to see how you're doing and where you're going. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, as far as the transitioning thing, especially in the beginning, if you're a brand new trail runner, how fun to be able to go in that log and say, Oh my gosh, this was my first trail run. I felt so clumsy and this was really hard. And then you'll see, you know, as the weeks go by, your notes will change. Like, Oh, well, look at that. I feel more comfortable now. And I didn't have to stare at the ground the entire time. (laughs) It's, I just feel like it's a great way to see your progress and remember where you came from. (laughs) So you appreciate the progress that you've made. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, so you don't end up with a 140 mile run or 130 <laughs> mile run at the end of this. You end up with a 10k run that you can either do on your own or you can do as a um, as a organized race if you happen to have one that uh, coincides with the dates or near the date. It doesn't have to be on the exact date. Um, Christy, what do you? What else do you hope besides a, a nice 10k run of satisfaction on the trails? Do you hope that women get out of this become a trail runner program? Well, hopefully just getting out of their comfort zones. I mean, I've got, I've had lots of friends that I've introduced to the trails and I love that because, you know, they would never go by themselves. And so you kind of talk them into it like, all right, just try this out. You get them out there. So maybe if you're doing this program, you can get a friend to go with you too and get them out there and let them experience how different it is to be out in the woods as opposed to being on the pavement. And just to feel comfortable and be able to enjoy it and forget about their pace for a while. Like I said, that's a, one of the biggest problems that runners have is they get so hung up in that pace. And it really allows you a chance to get out there and enjoy running for what it's supposed to be just pure enjoyment. And it, it's a, you're sharing the trails with other people. You'll see hikers and bikers and 99% of the time, everybody's really cool and they get out of each other's way. And it's just a, it's just a different world. And I feel like people can really, like I said, enjoy running for what it's supposed to be when they get out there. 
as, as my as my teenage daughter says, retweet. Would <laughs> you like something? Yes. <laughs> I agree with that a thousand percent. Well, thank you, Christy, for joining us. I'm excited to see uh, some more trail runners in the world. We need more people out in nature enjoying all the benefits that, that my, my nature can offer. So Absolutely. thank you very much for joining us. Um, so if you're interested in becoming uh, a runner, a cyclist or a trail runner, you can um, check out the programs at trainlikeamother.club. It's on the, there's a front slider. It's also on the top of the hamburger menu in the um, upper left-hand corner. We'll also link to it in our show notes. So there's lots of ways to come in there. Mm -hmm. Um, With each program, you're going to get the techniques, the training, the tips, the teamwork, the t-shirt, Anything else, Sarah, with a T you want to throw in there? I can't think of any more T words. No, I think that covers it. All right. So check those out and uh, let us know if you have questions. Again, they start on Monday, June 7th and go for eight weeks. That takes you up to April for August 1st, August 1st. Yes. Yes. And if people are, you know, people listen to our back catalog, which means old episodes a long time. So uh, this is definitely going to become, I think, uh, can I say this, Tim? I think it's going to become a staple of our train like a mother club program oh, definitely, so, definitely yes so yep. if you're you know if you're listening to this in 2023 i'm sure we have a <laughs> become a trail runner and become a runner so all right um our podcast today was produced in portland oregon by alex ward from sounds like pictures many happy miles whether you're in arkansas or alabama <laughs>